0: From the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C.
1: This is Cheryl Kennedy at the Library of Congress. Late September will mark the 12th year that book lovers of all ages have gathered in Washington, D.C. to celebrate the written word at the Library of Congress National Book Festival. The festival, which is free and open to the public, will be two days this year. Saturday, September 22nd from 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. and Sunday, September 23rd from noon to 5.30 30. The festival will take place between 9th and 14th Streets on the National Mall, rain or shine. For more details, visit www.loc.gov/bookfest. And now it is my deep pleasure to introduce R.L. Stein, whose latest book is titled Goosebumps Most Wanted Number 1: Planet of the Lawn Gnomes. R.L. Stein has sold more than 100 million books, making him one of the best selling children's authors in history. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Well, Cheryl, it's a pleasure, pleasure to talk to you.
1: Your hugely successful Goosebumps series sold more than 300 million copies alone and was named the world's best selling book series of all time in the 2003 Guinness Book of World Records.
0: I got very lucky with this scary stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now,
0: kids like to be scared.
1: Now, tell me, what's your secret? What's the key to your appeal?
0: Um, I do it by volume. I turn them out every month. That's how I. That's my secret. <laughs> I do it by poundage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, not by
0: any literary worth, just by poundage.
1: Well, you're obviously very prolific.
0: Well, I'm, ki- I'm kidding, of course. But, I, you know, I, kids, I think we all like to be scared, right? We all like a good scary story, and uh, I just was lucky enough to stumble onto something, uh, just a, a way of getting the kids and not scaring them too much but entertaining them. It was just a lucky thing, I think.
1: Well, you said that kids really like to be scared, but they also want to feel safe. Now, how do you make that happen?
0: That's true. I always what what I do is I make sure they know that nothing is real. I make sure that the real world, which is a pretty scary place to kids these days, doesn't enter in. And the kids know when they read the book, they're reading some of this creepy fantasy. But they have to know that it's not real at all. That's an important part of it for me.
1: Now, is there one subject that's totally taboo that you would never write about?
0: Oh, there are many that I would never do for kids. But, uh, you know, I would never do um, child abuse or I would never do suicide or anything like that. I'm very, I'm pretty conservative, actually. The books don't look it, but uh, I actually am.
1: Now, you see a close connection between humor and horror. Why is that? Because you started out? You
0: know, when you go to an amusement park and you walk up to the roller coaster, what do you hear? Screams. People, yeah, screaming and laughing at the same time. It's a very close emotion, I think. And I I don't know, when I go to a movie theater, I, I never, I don't get scared by horror films. They always make me laugh. <laughs> I always, you know, the shark jumps up and chews up the girl. I laugh. I don't know. I, I always think it's funny. And, I, you know, when I, when I was a kid, there were these really creepy comic books called Tales from the Crypt and The Vault of Horror. And they were gruesome, bloody comics. I loved them when I was a kid. And they all had every story, no matter how gruesome it was every story had a funny twist ending and it was this great combination of scary and funny these books and i think that that was you know a major influence on me and on my writing
1: now you want your books to give kids the shivers but of course not nightmares how do you make certain that you don't cross that line especially when everyone's fear factor is different
0: well, I've been, you know, doing it for a long time, and I study kids. I spy on them all the time, and I make sure I know kids really well. And I think, you know, after doing it for so many books, um, I, I I don't think it's a problem.
1: Now, regarding your creative process, why do you start with the title first?
0: That's how I get. Everyone always says. Bob, where do you get your ideas? Where do you get so many ideas? And they all come from thinking of the title first. A title will pop into my head, and then I'll try to think of a story to go with it. Maybe that's backwards for most authors. But, um, you know, I'm starting this new Goosebumps series. The brand new one is just out. It's called Planet of the Lawn Gnomes. And I'd already done a lawn gnome book. So, um, Attack of the Lawn Gnomes, many years ago. And this is sort of a sequel. It's, you know, Goosebumps' most wanted stories. And I I had to have a title. I had to think, what will my story be? I've already done Lawn Gnomes. And then I had this title, Planet of the Lawn Gnomes. And it led me to a brand new story.
1: Well, now, help me sort of come up with a title that you think might... Uh, get your creative juices going. For example, eating for Olympic gold or eyes that hear and ears that see.
0: I think, Cheryl, I think you have to write those.
1: <laughs> okay, those are understood. Yes. Now, what are the rules for writing for teens and children? Are there any rules that you apply?
0: No, I think I, well, I broke a lot of the rules. The old rule was when you write for kids, your characters have to learn and grow. And that was a pretty solid rule in children's books. The characters have to learn and grow. And that doesn't happen in my books. In my books, the characters mainly run away. There's no learning or growing. I don't have any, you know, I don't really have any lessons in my books. There's no real moral lessons to them. It, they're entirely reading motivation. They're entirely to get kids to say, hey, it's fun to read a book. Hey, I can read. I can read this book. That's all they're about.
1: Now, you've started a writing program and, and created a writing classroom kit. How do you get kids excited about reading and writing? Well,
0: kids have, you have to realize kids have to write more than any living human. Kids write all the time. They have to write essays and book reports and all kinds of things. They have to write every week. They're writing. And, uh, you know, all my mail from kids is, where do you get ideas? Where do you get your ideas? Because they need so many ideas. They think if there's some secret, it will help them. So, and, you know, teachers are very concerned about kids with reading and writing. So I wrote the 16-page writing project which is on my website, actually, rlstein.com, free. You can download it for free. It's 16 pages of all my writing secrets, all tips and secrets, and all kinds of writing projects. And teachers use it, and you can download it for your whole class, do whatever you want with it. And, I, you know, I, I, I hope it's helpful.
1: Well, I'm certainly it is very, very helpful. Now, with emailing and tweeting and texting people are obviously writing more uh, but writing is becoming more condensed and thus less descriptive is technology making us better or worse writers
0: that's a really good question i don't know i mean we started asking that question when computers came around and people said well writing on the computer does that make your writing better or not And I don't don't really have an answer for it. I mean, it's certainly, uh, for a writer, it's certainly a lot more convenient and a lot easier to revise. And I think maybe um, the easier it becomes to write, the better, the more good writing we'll see. I don't really, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that, Cheryl.
1: Well, obviously, you do a lot of uh, tweeting, both your and the Library of Congress's Twitter feeds were named among the best Twitter, Twitter feeds by Time.com. Uh, ha, have you seen any change um, or influence by social media and technology? Has it influenced your writing at all?
0: It, you know, it doesn't for a couple of reasons. For one thing, a lot of it hasn't filtered down to kids yet. I mean, a lot of them have cell phones and they text and that kind of thing but um, things like e-books technology hasn't really filtered down to kids that much you don't see kids walking around with Kindles or iPads Uh, it just hasn't really happened yet and I have to be really careful in my books not to put too much technology in mainly because six months later it's all out of date everything changes and if I have kids, you know, in the books, uh, listening to music on an iPod or something, who knows what they're going to be listening to in two years, right? Right. So I have to be very careful about that. Luckily, I mean, all the basic, our basic fears never change. You know, we're all we're still scared of the dark, scared something's lurking under the bed, that kind of thing. That has nothing to do with technology. That's going to be good for a long time.
1: What book and or movie would you rate highest on the scary meter, even though you have a tendency to laugh?
0: Oh, what what do I think is the scariest? Yes. Well, a book I always recommend to kids is a really creepy book, and a beautifully written book is a Ray Bradbury novel that I just love called Something Wicked This Way Comes. And uh, it's a very scary book about a boy who sneaks out of his house. He lives in the Midwest. Sneaks out of his house in the middle of the night and goes to where this creepy carnival is setting up and gets all involved with all these evil characters. It's just a wonderful, really creepy book, I think.
1: Well, I have um, just a couple of things um, sort of related to the theme for this year's National Book Festival, and it's a celebration of the book. So uh, one question is, what book most influenced you as a child or as an adult?
0: That's very hard. I have to say the author that I just mentioned, Ray Bradbury, the science fiction author, uh, was a major influence on me. Major. Up until when I was nine or ten, I discovered his stories, and they were so creative and so imaginative. I mean, Bradbury really turned me into a reader.
1: And why are most readers so passionate about books once they discover the joy of reading? What makes it. I mean, once
0: you discover how wonderful it is, then you're hooked, That's you know and that's sort of the whole point of my career and, and all the goosebumps books that I write um, is to get people to that point where they say, "Hey, reading is really fun. I don't have to watch television. I don't have to sit in front of my computer or I can you know go or play video games. Reading is really entertaining. Once they discover that, then they'll read and read.
1: Well, obviously, you are a popular author uh, with our National Book Festival audience. Uh, You've appeared at the Book Festival several times, and we're all looking forward to your appearance again in September. Is there any particular thing that you'd like to share with your fans?
0: Oh, well, thanks, Cheryl. I love this Book Festival. It's just one of my favorites. I look forward to it all the time. And it's just so wonderful. So many authors just spread out on the mall. It's so much fun. And thousands of people. It's just wonderful to see people come out to enjoy books. And I'm, I'm happy. I always have fun. I usually tell a ghost story or write a ghost story with the kids and talk about the new Goosebumps books and that kind of thing. So I can't wait.
1: We've been hearing from author R.L. Stein, who will appear on Saturday, September 22nd, in Teens and Children's Pavilion and the Family Storytelling Stage at the 2012 National Book Festival on the National Mall. Mr. Stein, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Cheryl.
1: This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.